Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. In this podcast, I give you ideas, insights, information, and inspiration to help you achieve your potential in business and in life. So let's get stuck into this week's show. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Drimmy from the Wealthy Wednesday podcast, and I am so excited to invite my guest on this week. He's just a very, very good friend fabulous guy. He's really a cash flow expert for businesses. And you're going to want to listen to this again and again and again. James, how are you doing, sir? Very well indeed, Dave. How are you? Outstanding. Thank you very much. We've had a bit of a a chilly break recently, Um, everyone up here in Scotland, but um, I'm sure there's people listening to this in other parts of the world where it's far, far warmer. So absolutely thrilled you've come to join us today because you have phenomenal knowledge when it comes to cash flow and helping business owners to actually improve their cash flow uh, in a number of different areas, which I'm looking forward to dipping into today. Um, so welcome, sir. Thanks, Dave. No, it's a pleasure to be here. And you're absolutely right. I think uh, there's a number of different ways that we can have a discussion with the businesses and just try and tap into improving the cash flow in some shape or form. Fabulous. Now, listen, just so the so the, the viewers and listeners today actually have a, a bit of an understanding of your background, you currently work with a, a company called the, the Counting King, which is a wonderful organization. But before then, could you give us a, a quick uh, 30, 60 seconds on, on your background that led you to the Counting King? Yeah, sure, Dave. Uh, well, I'm... For for my uh, for my sins, uh, former uh, banker, uh, worked with a number of banking institutions such as RBS, Clydesdale. I've also worked in commercial finance with G Capital, uh, part of the General Electric Group, and I've also been involved working in invoice financing with uh, RBS Invoice Finance, uh, Bibby Financial Services, and uh, the last couple of years before I moved to County King, uh, working with a company called Leighton who are uh, innovation funding consultancy. Wow, outstanding. So literally you started in banking and you've migrated through a series of pathways, including invoice financing and into into what you specialize in right now, which I guess is a kind of, um, it, it, it's a mix of all of them. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, very much so. I mean, Counting King um, business, you know, has, has been trading out for nearly three years. Initially started out as, as looking at R&D only. But I think a lot of the the businesses we speak to now, we're, we're uncovering other areas where they're looking for assistance. So we're finding other tax relief services such as capital allowances and you know land remediation, which for many of your construction clients, I'm sure that will be of interest. Uh, but right through to looking at things such as grants, innovation grants specifically, you know, anything that a business may have an innovative idea is looking for some level of funding. Uh, but we're moving right into debt financing as well. So uh, accessing things such as business loans, uh, asset finance and invoice finance. We've really got a full suite of, of products and offerings where we can support businesses. That's outstanding. And um, when you talk about R&D, that's, so that's research and development tax grants. Is that correct? Yeah, research and development uh, tax credits. Um, I, I would say it's the, the, the terminology is a bit misleading. I mean, I, a lot of the businesses we speak to is what the parlance I've kind of come to adopt over the last couple of years is, um, you know, there's, there's either the, the innovators and then there's the majority of businesses that we work with, which I would actually refer to as hidden innovators. So those could be businesses that are actually not aware that they're, they're qualifying for this uh, invaluable funding scheme uh, by virtue of the fact that probably they just don't recognize themselves as being innovators. So the, the, the terminology is a little bit misleading in terms of research and development. It's, it's probably a whole lot more than that. Um, so it's really a lot of the businesses we speak to probably never come across the term. 
or they they don't realize it's actually uh, relevant for that. I found this absolutely fascinating because when we first met, I had no idea about this. But I also discovered very, very quickly that there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon, but they actually are only thinking about themselves as business owners where you think very much differently. It's quite a holistic approach. You're really caring about the results of the business and the business owner. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's always, I think in our market space, a lot of our competitors um, either do one or two of the things that we do. Don't look at the kind of, I don't really like that term, but that's what it is. I can holistic view and saying what's the right thing for the for the business. Uh, so sometimes we do speak to businesses that have looked at R and D, and you know we will always try and gravitate to, you know, as I would like to call it, um, where we can get free money, you know, for, for the client first, or money that they can get to without not having going to uh, consider, you know, servicing that or paying uh, an interest or arrangement fee of any shape or form. If that isn't available to them and they don't qualify, then we can look at other forms of funding. But the, the good thing is about all these uh, various forms of funding we can we can look at uh, all aid in cash flow, um, but very you know in most cases they can all work in tandem. So it's not you know that you're having to choose one over the other. So for example, we're speaking to businesses where the initial discussion is about R and D, but actually it comes through in discussion that um, they're having a bit of an issue with with cash flow in general. It's maybe a little bit slow. And they would like to accelerate that and take a bit more control over their over their own business's cash flow and not be treated as as one client said to me recently, not be treated like a bank by their by their customers, which is it's a very fair point. I think that's a common common uh, constraint nowadays with business owners. But um, but I, I, I like the uh, it's almost like the scales of balance. I remember you telling me a story about a, an architect um, who reached out to you. Um, just during COVID, actually, just to to get a loan from you to to be able to keep his business afloat and what have you, and I believe you asked him about R and D uh, tax credits, and he he thought there was absolutely no way he could actually be able to claim R and D tax credits. Could you could you um, share a bit about that story? Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's not an isolation, Davis. We see this quite often. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation about a lot of things, and R and D is no exception. Um, this architectural business was was wrongly informed um, by actually a very well known advisor. So I'm not going to name here for obvious reasons. Quite uh, but they, they specified that um, you know architects weren't eligible for the scheme because of the nature of their industry classification code or SIC code, which is actually totally incorrect. It's really about the activity that the business has done, and it's not sector by sector specific about who who qualifies and who doesn't. Uh, so, so in that case, was it was a really nice, um, particularly pleasing um, example of where a business came on looking for a much smaller amount of money than eventually we were able to to, to uh, access for them. Uh, I think for memory, they were looking for originally a twenty five thousand pound loan, uh, and actually, long story short, we were able to access two hundred fifty thousand for them. Which the better news was, they didn't even have to repay that because it was legitimately their money. That. Is a st- so they basically they got a ten x, um, a ten x on what they actually came to you for originally. Yeah, uh, uh, the guy just couldn't quite believe it because obviously his trusted um, advisors had missing you know misunderstood the the qualification criteria for the scheme. Uh, he trusted his advisors for 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 a number of years and took it as read that they they must know what they're talking about. So I think he was really pleasantly surprised. And even when he had the money, there was a there was a few weeks where he was frightened to. To spend it uh, and utilize it in his business because he was just he, he just thought it's just too good to be true and this is unfortunately 
some of the challenges we see in specific sectors. Construction is probably the number one sector. We have a, a lot of kind of um, surprise, maybe a bit of resistance to discuss the scheme because sometimes uh, construction businesses, as we know, they've been very humble about what they do and they just see it as business as usual. So they're in their mind, they're not, they're not going to be eligible for the scheme. Uh, or indeed, they may have been misinformed as to you know what, what the eligibility criteria may be. I still find it mystical in some respects, and obviously you've been involved in the sector for some time now. But just to unpack this a little bit, so anybody listening to this show understands what the R&T tax credits are and how they can be claimed. Could you take me through a process, for example, of how somebody... Um, could begin to claim these back. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, uh, it's a very straightforward process. But it's the scheme's eligible. You know, the eligibility for the scheme. You have to be a limited company, uh, or indeed a PLC. But for the majority of times, we're speaking to businesses that are limited companies. Uh, the reason being is that limited companies have a corporation tax liability, and this falls under the the, the remit of uh, corporation tax uh, adjustment, which R&D is is one of those. Uh, uh, tools of of tax efficiency, where a business that is liable for corporation tax may be able to get some of that money back if we can, you know, we or our advisors similar to us can demonstrate that the business has met the criteria as set out by HMRC. So HMRC, they are the the judge and jury, effectively as to what qualifies and what doesn't. Um, I would say that because we are we deal with HMRC on a daily basis, we can see that that the kind of the marginal uh, nuances of, of what you know what how the scheme may change i mean the scheme's really opened up over um the last 20 20 odd years it's been in existence in the uk it's gone from you know what i would probably refer to as a, a white lab coat um side of, of industry right through to businesses that are clearly not uh, white lab coats the the key thing is really looking for businesses of they've undertaken challenging work a work that's got a degree of technical uncertainty uh, financial uncertainty and something that follows a kind of logical sequence or, or, or process. Anything that follows those criteria, uh, Dave, is, is really what we're looking to evidence. So you might have a business that has is looking to try and develop something in a, a better way or a more efficient way. Um, something that's quite topical just now is is the use of novel materials. And this is a parlance and terminology that's used by HMRC where a business Let's say um, a construction business may be using uh, cladding materials, for example, um, due to things such as Brexit, uh, there may be a shortage of access in that material. So the construction business may be having to find an alternative material to get the job done. So someone that's maybe got the same performance, the same performance delivery, shall we say, but not through the material they would normally use. So something that's probably taken down the route of using a non-standard process or non-standard material that you wouldn't normally find in that that line of work that then opens a whole kind of worms in terms of how do we get the same performance measurements can we get the same thermal um, properties same acoustics properties and such like these are all leading businesses to then unwittingly fall into the uh, fall into the 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 area of of research and development whether by virtue of the fact they're having to trial and error to try and get that different level of performance this is where a lot of businesses are, and you know, uh, probably the first time that they're getting involved within the whole research and development uh, arena. Um, you do have businesses that are, that are consciously looking to try and improve things, so maybe make something stronger, lighter, faster, etc. Um, but when businesses are, are uh, in many cases, we see are, are in situations where they're literally having to come up with an out-the-box solution to get a job done. So maybe a client-led 
challenge. We see this quite a lot within oil and gas and also within construction where you might have a subcontractor working for a main contractor and there might be specific requirements that that main contractor has, uh, such as working with, with within you know certain uh, materials, using heritage materials or using eco-friendly materials or materials that um, you know have uh, I, I, you know a certain performance characteristic that isn't you wouldn't normally find in that that line of work. Um, so these are all areas that are leading businesses to then try and find the solution. And really, the the whole essence of the scheme is rewarding businesses that will continue to take on that technically challenging work. So it's not about success or failure. Again, that's one of the the pieces of misinformation that's out there that businesses will only be rewarded if they have a successful outcome, a particular project or job that they're working on. Uh, and even the label "project" can be misleading. You know, so some businesses. Again, I'm speaking with a business just now that's involved in um, in working on heritage properties. Uh, when I use the term project to them, that they say, well, we don't have a project, we have day-to-day work. Well, that's fine. Day-to-day work also counts. It's not necessarily have to be labeled as a project. Um, but probably rough, the rough rule of thumb is I, whenever I speak to a business for the first time on this, the projects that, that ended up taking weeks or maybe months, there's usually a clue there as to why that took so long. Something that was a bit challenging. There might have been a curveball. There might have been a lack of uh, accessibility to certain material. There might have been um, an issue with speaking with the business just now has been involved in a civil engineering project that's dealing with a piece of land that's got an unusually high water table. So trying to deal with that, that wasn't something that they um, could envisage at the start of the project. So some of these curveballs will take businesses to a point where they have to try and do something a little bit kind of out-the-box thinking and trying to have to do something that's maybe non-standard to get the job done. And in many cases, we're speaking to businesses where it's maybe taken several attempts to get that job done, and it's still not uh, correct. But the, the scheme doesn't reward success or failure. Just to reemphasize that, it's really rewarding activity. Uh, the, key, the key thing that HMRC are interested in, what are the struggles that business had to go through to try and get that job done? I think it's becoming clearer to me now why you use the word innovation. And um, in the last year, am I correct? Since January, you and your small team have, created another was it 400 clients yeah we, we've uh we brought on a, just actually two weeks ago we just brought on our 400th new client to the business so it's, wow. it's taken to put that in perspective uh start of the year we had about 150 clients so we've uh you know we've 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 really gone uh great guns this year in terms of of bringing new businesses in and a lot of times that it's uh it has been a mix of businesses i've never claimed before they've either been wrongly advised that this doesn't apply to them uh, or in many cases, it's businesses that have claimed with other advisors, but maybe slightly un- unhappy with the process. Um, so things such as impeding on their cash flow by the, the nature of how they would be billed for, um, you know, the, the preparation work for, for an advisor to, to enable a claim for them. Uh, that's maybe not been the most conducive way of, of working for their own cash flow. What, what we find is that there's a number of businesses that are looking for different ways where they're, they're looking to, to bolster their cash flow or improve the cash flow. But because we've now got this broad range of products, it isn't always obvious to them that they should be speaking to us about R&D. So quite often they'll come to us and say, and they want to have a chat with you about business loan. Now, business loan is a bit of a generic term. I think what a lot of businesses are looking for is some form of funding. And loan is almost like a generic term, a bit like Hoover. It's really, it's not, it's not really, that's not what they're really after, after some form of funding. So we'll always uh, explore this first and just see if there's, if there's something that's eligible. If there's not, then we'll just 
look at you know other forms of funding, whether it be a loan, whether it be asset finance, invoice finance, or indeed the big one that's been a big surprise for us in recent months has been capital allowances. So that's actually any investment that the business has made in the fixtures and fittings of its of its buildings. Uh, yep. So it could be putting security systems, it could be putting lifts, it could be um, a number of things that improve in the fabric and, and of, of that building. Uh, but in many cases, that's just untapped money. The businesses have no idea that they can recover a lot of that. Very good accountants who switched on to capital allowances will pick up on that. Uh, but in our experience, we're coming across a number of, of industries where that's just not been exhausted at all. So always try and go to where the where the, the free money is. And this isn't by, you know, this isn't by any minor means, you know, embellishing anything or or uh, try, trying to do any sort of, uh, you know, get into any sort of uh, ambulance chase type scheme is really, if a business has got a legitimate claim for it, then we will we'll push that claim uh, forward for that on, on their behalf. I think from what I'm hearing, James, is it's almost like going into a, a GP with a cold and the GP it does a diagnosis of a situation and then prescribes appropriately. So somebody may come in, as you say, looking for a business loan, but maybe there's a more applicable um, funding route for them. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. I mean, um, I think what a lot of businesses don't, and this is, I guess, where you asked me earlier about my previous experience. One of the things that I, I realized from from a time um that I spent working in banking is it's uh, it's not always easy to get the money from the bank um, for for something like a loan. Certainly, post two thousand and eight, that's become tougher. Everybody knows that. I think what's become even tougher now is that the fact that um, in many cases, uh, since you know the um, the government bailout money as well, it's, it's made it even harder now for businesses to to know really what is the right form of funding uh, for the right solution. And I, I think as well, what I would say is that. The obvious routes that businesses usually usually will go to, which will be having a chat with their bank, maybe having a chat with their accountant. There isn't always that awareness of what possibilities might there be out there. Maybe just to get a snapshot. Uh, I know certainly from my time in banking, it was quite a narrow reach we had in terms of products. So there wouldn't be any sort of um, ability to look at things such as innovation grants, capital allowances, or R&D. would be looking at pretty much the traditional, if you want to call that traditional banking products. And those aren't always the best um, forms of funding for clients. It really depend on what is the right route for them. Uh, in many cases, a loan uh, could just be, you know, a stick and plaster to the situation and not really assisting that cash flow properly, not really helping that business in the longer term. Essentially, me, I've I've had uh, lower back issues for for uh, a couple of years, and um, I was getting advice from the NHS, from the physio department, which was kind of, it's almost like you've described there going to the banks and getting kind of lame advice. And I've just recently taken on uh, or paid for a a sports physio who's just fantastic and is helping enormously. I've only had three sessions and it's fantastic, the movement and mobility I've got in my back. But that's about going to a specialist who knows exactly what they're talking about. And I hear some horror stories at the moment where there are there are people involved in the money markets, so shall we say, about uh, advising uh, business owners, and they give completely wrong business advice based on solely the commission rates that person's going to collect. So mm-hmm. where there's money, my view is where people can make a quick buck, they'll always try and do that. So mm-hmm. 
What makes you different from those people out there, James? I think the the key thing I would say, say Dave, it's always, you know, we want to work with clients in a longer term and we want to work with clients in as many different ways that we can help them. Um, so it, there's not really, we don't really have that short term as for you. We don't charge, you know, clients any fees for, for looking at things such as um, business finance, whether it be loans or uh, asset finance, invoice finance, uh, commercial mortgage, anything of that nature. When it comes to tax relief products such as R&D, tax credits, capital allowances, land remediation, etc., we always work in a contingency fee. So from a client's perspective, there isn't actually going to be any cost until we deliver a service for them. But probably better than that, and this is what makes us different from a lot of our competitors, we'll not charge a client a penny until they've had the money back in their bank account, whether that be from an R&D claim, or, or other tax relief service. So I think from a cash flow perspective, that's also reassuring from a client um, that they're, they're not going to be you know, out of pocket um, before we've actually delivered something tangible for them. Fantastic. So once once the money's in their bank or is migrating to their bank, then you take your slice of the pie um, because yeah. the money is genuinely going into the bank account. And it's not like six months of in advance of possibly coming to the bank account or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Just to sort of, um, you know, reiterate something that maybe slightly, makes us slightly different from many others in R&D space alone. Um, so we work as a sub-agent with, with our clients. That's our preference as a sub-agent for HMRC. Normally an accountant will be the, the main agent. We don't step in the accountant's toes. Uh, and that's probably clear. See, so we have no aspirations to be accountants. We, we are specialists. We do something different from accountancy. Um, but when it comes to R&D, with that sub-agency, what that allows us to do is we know exactly when the clients had their claim paid out. We know when it's been successful and no one's been paid out. So as soon as a client gets notified that they're going to be, that, that money's now been paid that, that day, that's that's the point at which we will uh, get in touch with them and, as you can imagine, uh, politely ask for our fee to be paid, which will be on a, a seven-day invoice basis. So never before will we, we kind of get in touch and, you're looking for fees or any sort of upfront payment or anything of that nature it's always after the event once the clients have that so it's literally it's not impacting on their cash flow and the other thing that's probably quite important to say as well Dave that, that fee is a fixed fee and it's fully inclusive of in the unlikely event as there's, there's a you know a future inquiry from HMRC we fully defend the client at no extra cost and wow. if the worst were, yeah if the worst were to happen you know in touch wood we've not had that yet but we're not naive enough to think that eventuality may come one day. But if we lose a case with HMRC in that regard, we fully indemnify the client as well. So clients never out of pocket. Fantastic. And I, I just I'm, I'm going to end on that with regard to what you what you're sharing there actually, because um, I think it's so pertinent and it's very honourable what you and your company actually does that uh, you're actually genuinely serving your client, so you can actually work with them again and again and again and build up a, a really good client working relationship. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And I, I think the other thing I should point out as well, you know, again, just thinking about our tax relief services, we don't bind clients in for anything more than, uh, you know, the first claim with us. So it's really up to us to make sure we do such a great job that the client wants to work with us year after year. And unfortunately, what happens in our industry is a lot of clients are tied in for four or five years. And that's a big chance. You know, you, you're going to take a, a bit of a risk perhaps working with a business you've never dealt with before and lock yourself in for four or five years we would never want to do that so it's really up to us to prove that you know we can help and support the client 
and the client wants to come back year after year work, and working with us uh, without being bound in. Outstanding, outstanding. James, listen, I know you're, you're tight for time. You're just going on to another client call to go and serve somebody else very, very shortly in the next uh, few minutes. What I would love to do is if you could possibly share some details of how somebody could get in touch with you, perhaps an email address or a website or or, or LinkedIn profile, how, how can somebody easily get in touch with you once they've listened to this podcast? Yeah, so quite easy to get in touch with me. Um, our website is www.accountingking.co.uk or my email address is james at countingking.co.uk. Uh, telephone number is 07510384359. Fantastic. So happy to have a chat with any business. Here. Because what we do very often, we have uh, you know introductory chats with businesses really just to kind of uh, make sure that, find out what they're looking for first and foremost, how we can support them, and then really see what we've got within our array of services that might be of interest, and importantly, what's going to add value. Because the last thing we want to do is to, to discuss a, a service or a faci- you know, facility with a, a client that's just not going to improve their business one, one uh, iota. Listen, I think that's fantastic because, um, like you, I'm involved in serving clients as well, and they come to me with problems, but ultimately they want a prize, and a prize tends to be freedom in many respects, financial and time freedom. But there's often um, a series of uh, problems they have that people can't really help them with or they don't think deeply enough. And it seems to me that um, you really do dive into helping those clients in a really, really deep level. And I know... Um, that it's not just about the commission for you because one of my clients came to you asking for funding advice. They were looking to buy a hotel and you immediately referred them very generously to somebody in your network who could serve them really, really well. So all the time you're thinking about how can I serve them in the best possible way, not how can I make commission off them. And I, I, I just, for that reason, I love referring people to you because it's just you're so good at what you do. Your team's amazing. The service is amazing, but you're not just thinking about the money. So um, thank you very much for joining us today. And folks, I would really encourage you to get in touch with James, if at all possible, even just for an informal conversation. There are countless other stories I can share with you of of James and his team's success stories. Um, But James, once again, could you just give us your your contact details in terms of email address and website? Sure. Uh, contact me at james at countingking.co.uk. Our website is www.countingking.co.uk. On our website, you'll find a number of different uh, avenues that we can assist businesses with. And something that might be of interest to some of the listeners, we, we're the only company to our knowledge in the UK that has developed a grant finder tool. So any businesses that are interested in looking at innovation grants, Every available grant in the UK right now is on the, on the hyperlink and you can actually filter it out by, um, you know, your industry, the amount you're looking to secure, et cetera. Uh, but we're delighted to assist any business that's looking at that or any other other services at all. Uh, or you can also call me on 07510-384-359. Outstanding. I tell you what, <laughs> you, t- you just saved an absolute peach of a gem for last there. So, James, thank you very, very much. And folks, um, this uh, this is the bookend. James has been the bookend, thankfully, to our crash series. And crash, as you know by now, stands for build a cash buffer, reduce expenses, um, assets, and standing out, and then helping others. And I just want to thank James for for really, really helping us understand how we can reclaim some really, really juicy amounts of money 
and really increase the cash buffer, just like the architect story we talked about earlier on, but also the age for helping. He's a warm, generous, caring individual, and I really encourage you to get in touch. So, James, thanks again. Really, really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much, David. It's been a pleasure, and uh, good to catch up as always. Likewise. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. Check the show notes below for further details on this week's episode, including links to resources mentioned in the show. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you'll find us on Apple, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. See you next week.